lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed, and we are here back with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis, and I'm joined via the telephone by Papa T-Sauce, a.k.a. Tim Lewis. What's up, Dad? Well, you know, just getting one foot in front of the other, and it's even on the green side of the ground. Oh, nice. Great. Yeah. Um, We're here to discuss Miami. The spectacle or the disappointment or the F1 race? Uh, what What's your gut reaction to to Miami now that it's it's over and everything's calmed down? Well, yeah. I mean, the pre-race was crazy. I mean, yeah. it was really exciting. And, it, I mean, what a showing for the state. I mean, a packed venue. What was it, 160? 60,000 people or some knucklehead thing like that? They they were all on the grid for the start of the race. It seems like it. It's like, man, we got to go there because we could even probably get on the grid, right? But we can't afford it. I don't think we could afford any ticket even remotely close to the track. They were very – I think – so here's the thing. I thought – at first, I thought, "Oh man, I was so excited for for uh, for the race and qualifying." And I went over to my buddy Jim's house. Thanks for having me, Jim. If you're listening, I know you listen sometimes. Um, but and I was so excited for the race. And then I thought there were some there were some awesome moments and and stuff, and felt felt a little disappointed. And and then I was thinking and talking, and and I was listening to some other you know podcasts and reading some stuff and. And, you know, a lot of the people who were there said it was it was awesome that the whole weekend that it was more of an event that you had to go to and be there to really experience. And and they can see how maybe some of the racing let us down via television. But I'm like, OK, well, if that's the case, then it can't be the one of the most expensive events to go to if it's something that you got to go to. Or maybe that's why it's so expensive is that it's, it's you got to be there. It, it felt like a. It was a little overhyped. Um, I didn't think, like, the track location really, like, I wouldn't call that a street course. I know there wasn't, like, runoff, and it was more narrow, and it was concrete barriers and stuff. But I wouldn't call a a parking lot a street. Um, Agreed. And so from that sense, and I thought that was a big missed opportunity to be, like, I thought it was going to be, you know, like, down along the coast or, like, you know, more in Miami than just at a, at a, at a, in a hard rock cafe or stadium parking lot like that. <laughs> it felt, it felt both very, uh, very thrown together and a very American at the same time. Like, well, we got all these parking well, lots. Let's just put it there. I don't know. Would you think that that may be the most challenging course of all the venues? No, I mean that's just. I think like, Monaco is still more challenging. I think uh, I think Singapore is just as physically demanding. I think I thought it was a cool circuit. Don't get me wrong. I I thought the I really spe- specifically like that kind of middle sector, um, 
with uh, it was like a, that really tight uphill chicane. Um, I thought that was really cool, but I thought, you know, a lot of the, the drivers, including, you know, well, at first nobody wanted to say anything, and then Perez broke the broke the dam, and, you know, I, I don't think the racing circuit, circuit and surface was up to the quality that it should have been, and I think it the, the racing suffered because of that. Um, I think that pretty much um, was the cost uh, and and helped give the win to Max is because just starting on the dirty line versus the clean line seemed to have a really huge impact. I mean, to the point that when Vettel's or Botas's engineer told him that he was in fifth instead of fourth, that Checo beat him out. He's like, oh, good, we're on the clean side of the track. It wasn't like, oh, bummer, I'm in fifth place. He's like, actually, that'll be better <laughs> than starting yeah, on yeah, that's the a, fourth. Yeah, that uh, really became a, an issue for sure, yeah. And they said, I was listening to the race. Shout out the race. You guys are the best. Um, but uh, that they, he said that they – they did a lot to mitigate that even leading up to the race and that it was it was much worse um, in practice and qualifying and stuff, and they were really concerned. But uh, they did address it, but then there was a lot of, like, you know, the parts of the track that where they had just patched the, um, patched the track and there was, you know, big asphalt patches and different, you know, markers, and it's like, if this is supposed to this huge big spectacle racing Miami Grand Prix like do better then I don't know um make the surface yeah, it did better. look a little thrown together didn't it yeah. that way and so but you know it's the first year I think it, I think a lot of people seemed really hyped at the event um and it seemed like a it could be a really cool thing to go to but then it's like really expensive so it's not easy to go to and if i'm like if i'm gonna spend thousands of dollars going to a, a grand prix i'm gonna fly to europe and i'm gonna go to one of the historic tracks you know we're gonna go to spa we're gonna go to you know even the iconic stuff you know like oh yeah the so did you hear what kind of costs were involved no but it's got to be monumental well, I, that was a sense I had that, I mean, it's just so, I mean, I'm sure it was electric and all and like gave you tingles down your leg or whatever, but it's like, how much would that cost? And I think doing anything in, in South Florida is pretty pricey. Yeah. But it also brings, look at how many people it brought to that area and how much well, yeah. Miami yeah. specific merchandise, all the teams and drivers and every, which, you know, t every vendor or anybody who had anything to do with this sport made a special edition Miami hat or shirt or, um, well, and the celebrity, the number yeah. of celebrities, uh, that, uh, I guess, I don't know. I saw the, the uh, David Beckham was interviewed. I guess he's got his own. Yeah, team. He's really, I mean, like Miami's is his town now. And it's. I guess so. Uh, and it was just like 
celeb after celeb after celeb. And it was, I mean, if you're into that, that I'm sure that was exciting. I but, think that that was kind of the, the, the agenda of Liberty Media and F1 and whatever it is that I think there, there has been some rumors and grumbles of, of Monaco leaving the race calendar. And this is supposedly going to, to replace it as this, you know, spectacle city celebrity a-lister kind of you know marie marina <laughs> yeah uh, uh, fake marina a real one yeah i don't know <laughs> that, that, that all that I, just I, seems did so... have, I, I did struggle with that fake marina part that's just ridiculous I mean, it was ridiculous are you, is that is that like America. Yeah, it's. I don't even know I, what I mean, to that's, call it. That's like the 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 spaghetti and meatballs, you know, like, <laughs> like, it's like, like oh yeah, we make we make pasta too. We can do that too. Yeah, we, <laughs> and it's just we, way worse and smaller, and yeah. of course fake. And <laughs> we got we got a marina. We we can get you a marina. The, yeah, don't the, worry okay, about the it. Boats are on trailers. Uh, yeah, or were they on trail? I thought they were just like I, buried in the concrete mm, or whatever. They're stuck there. Like forever. it's a they're permanent fixture. <laughs> it's like because it's going to be a venue for a lot of other stuff. I guess. I guess. I don't know. But enough. Enough chatting about Miami. I think in the long run, and uh, looking back after like after a day or so now, like. um I thought the race was – I don't think it was as boring as I initially thought. Like preparing for the podcast, I was looking back. There was actually quite a good – a fair bit of midfield battles and scrapping and contact. And and there was some decent racing that we saw. I mean it wasn't – I wouldn't say – I would say it's definitely not been the best race this season, if not one of the worst. But that's – I mean we're, only, we're five races in. And we have a lot to, to go yet. And – um I just don't – I think there, but because there wasn't a huge lap after lap battle between the championship contenders, people are like, it's a, not a great race. But I think there's plenty for us to, to now dive into and discuss. Um, and I thought, you know, I mean, every race can't be – isn't going to be amazing. And I think also coming off of the last two seasons, it's just – this is this was actually more of what a typical Formula One race um, is some of the times, you know. Uh, and yeah, honestly, I think it would have been a lot worse if it wasn't this year. Um, can you imagine with the the old cars? You know, like it would have been that would have been a snoozer for sure. Oh, but I think so. So let's get Definitely. into it. Let's start start right at the top with ever, the news everybody wants talked about. Max jumping from P3 into P1 and making, you know, continuing his record of any race he finishes, he finishes first. Um, I really didn't see that coming. I uh, I really didn't. I had all my money on, on Leclerc winning comfortably. Um, yeah, it was very surprising. And it, it happened so quick. Um, you know, I think it, I mean, it really, it really was, I think it was really came, a lot of it came down to science being on that dirty side of the track and coming off of two races in which he did not finish. 
um, I was listening to the race and they, they brought up that, you know, the, the physicality, this is the first race in over a month that science has gone race. Excuse me. I was choking a second there. Um, uh, has gone driven a formula one car to race distance he hasn't the last two races he didn't um even finish the first lap before he was out and then it's a hugely physical demanding circuit um and i really i i thought in qualifying he was going to get on pole i he was putting together quite a lap there um on that second hot lap it was just agreed just came down to that last sector, a little bit of wheel spin, but I was, oh, I was pulling for him so hard. Um, not and Boy, not just because question. he's on my grid rival team, but um, well, well, he's on my grid rival team too. But you know, it's I don't want to see Leclerc walk away with it. I don't want to see that team get. I don't want to see it get to a point where they're they're automatically deferring to Leclerc as the leader and sacrificing science and strategy and positioning. Um, but Max was very aggressive coming into that, that second sequence of turns there. And I think caught Leclerc off guard a little bit and, and just the Red Bull just was just the fastest car. Um, it, I, it, there was just no question. I mean, where did that come from? I think it's just, um, it's set up and then track like it's, uh, I guess it's, it's set up for that kind of car. Well, it's it's just they've really put a lot into straight line performance, and then they've always been good in the corners. But it wasn't just straight line speed is where Max was making up a lot of his time. It was through that middle sector. There were several laps where I was watching the timings, and he was pulling out two tenths in some of that slower stuff. And well, there's a reason he got the fastest lap. So there's a... There's no doubt. It, I mean, talk about a well-balanced car. Jeez. And that I it think, lasts. I think that they didn't have the car fully tuned in and dialed in for qualifying. And because they had some mechanical reliabilities that didn't give them as much running in free practice. And so they just didn't have it right. Uh, and that was the only reason that uh, – I, I think Max didn't get on the front row in qualifying. Is that he just? It's a new track. It's a physically demanding track. It was, and uh, he just they, he just wasn't there. Um, but because it was only two, he was only two tenths off of off of uh, Leclerc. Um, so, or one right. one point. Or point one nine five seconds, point one nine. So not even two tenths off, and then I think he he really uh, came on strong with that race pace. And then when he when he got <clears throat> Leclerc, I was watching the onboards of that preparing for the for the podcast today, and it was just coming off of that hairpin. It was what lap nine, the last hairpin before the. The start finish straight there. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ferrari just had like he was all over him coming down that back long straight near the trees and the river there, and then uh, got was so close to him going around the hairpin, and then the Ferrari actually lit up. Uh, Leclerc lit up the rears coming out of that, and then it was just over. 
I, I he wouldn't have got him without DRS. Um, just the yeah, I mean, and, he overtook him so quickly. I don't even if Leclerc had a a real good hookup coming out of the hairpin. It, I don't think he had a chance. I I, I don't, but then you throw the wheel spin in, and it's just it was it was done. It looked it looked looked pretty weak. And I think I think um, you know, and then but then he did he did really try again after the um, after the safety car that lucky safety car to to wake everybody up from their their uh, slumbers. Uh, no, it wasn't Latifi. If you didn't <laughs> if you didn't see the race. Uh, it was uh, Norris colliding with Gasly that brought out a late race safety car um, that bunched the pack up together, which was really woke me up and got me excited. I was screaming at the TV, why isn't Ferrari bringing in at least Sainz? Um, and then I looked into it or, or found out that um, they didn't have the tires to bring to bring them in to put them on. They could have gone on to new hards, but I don't think everybody was struggling getting those tire, those hards to, to fire up into temperature life. Um, and I think that caught a few of them. They were kind of surprised that they were expecting the tire to do so much better, but it didn't. I think it lasted a fair bit of time. I mean, people like Albon, uh, Russell really made it work. You know, people who went on to hards at the beginning, but um, and just let them go. But I, I think it was really we're finding that um, just tire turning up the tires or getting the tires to fire up and get into operating temperatures is really the defining talking point. I think that we're that no one's really kind of talking about. But it's it's a it's a huge it's a huge difference between last year and this year, and the teams that do it well. Yeah, you know, it, and we were. Yeah, we really, we really have focused on that last podcast about how the temperatures. You really need a full lap to. I think it's. I think it's a little bit of a disservice though, because of the pits. Like it's like yeah. you, you come into pit and you have to have you know almost a second of a of a of a like over a second on the person that you're you're coming trying to come back out on the track in front of, or else they're just gonna walk right past you. Because you're going to be slow for a lap, a lap and a half. Yeah, you, I'm trying to figure out why do they do that. I, I really mean, don't. I really don't know, and I also really don't know why they got rid of the the Q2 starting tire. I think that that like giving everybody, and I think that made Q2 maybe it's just so that the qualifying's more interesting. Um, but. I'm I'm kind of thinking when you see these guys come out of the pits and they want to compete to hold position or to gain position um, sooner when after they come out of the pit, it almost seems like is this a borderline safety issue? Or? I think I think there's I think we will see a, a, a contact incident, no doubt about it. This year, and I there's been I so just, many close calls already. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's it's it, to me it's it's kind of foolish. I, particularly, maybe I need to look into that more. Why that was I'm, changed? Like I'm really nervous. Of, like especially when you're talking about when we're when we look ahead to really really fast circuits. 
you know, like Monza. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Because you're going to come could, out and go. Be bad, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure that I'm sure that the FIA has looked into it. And if they haven't, I'm shame on them. But um, it, I there's been and then there's been a lot of close calls already, you know, and, and then especially with if you're coming out on cold tires and you're at a track like this where offline is so dirty, you're going to have dirty cold tires, and then you're going to try and be right in the middle of a of a two or three car. Um, battle for position and you're you know that's that's a recipe for well, contact if you ask me was it uh well it, and it definitely affects the undercut strategy oh, yeah absolutely i feel like it almost completely completely removes like it. eliminates it yeah <laughs> like that's no fun no so I guess oh well we'll that, see how it plays out that's something to watch for sure um, Carlos Sainz, uh, finishing third, uh, really riding the ship, getting some solid points. I definitely sensed the fact that he was really trying not to, to battle with Max or, um, like he <laughs> didn't want to, he wanted to finish a race, yeah. salvage something of a season. Uh, yeah. but yeah, under that safety car, I was like, man, I wish they would have pitted signs just shake something up but it really also didn't seem to pay off um wh- what was it who was it uh behind Al- uh Sonoda pitted for softs behind um Albon and he couldn't get him to fire up I don't I don't know if uh, maybe the softs maybe the compound that soft compound just really wasn't working in race and that race heat uh, because there were several people who did pit and they didn't even, you know, well, Sainz or uh, Perez pitted for mediums. And I thought for sure he was going to get Sainz at the end. I thought it was only a matter of time and I, that uh, that Perez Checo was going to come through on Sainz and he couldn't make it happen with fresh mediums, which seemed to be the ideal tire. So, and uh, I'm, I'm one, and I want to say Sonoda pitted for softs during the safety car as well. And he couldn't get past Albon in Williams with him, so um, I, I I don't know if it would have made a difference. And they didn't have the tires to do it anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was an interesting thing that it seems like they ran out of tires. They didn't have enough tires. I wonder if that's. I mean, that's got to be qualifying, right? They're using up. Yeah, I, their yeah, that's where it stemmed from. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, is the course that abrasive? I mean, they. I guess that they they tried to make it more abrasive because they they treated it to try and get rid of the oil that or that slippery oil like they had in Jeddah when it yeah. was a brand new surface. Yeah, that's always an issue. So, but I think it was just so dirty. Like it's it they that's what they were saying is that the the offline got rub or the online was really rubbered in but the offline was so dirty that getting off of it really just cost you and we saw that with a lot of people but let's let's wait to talk about that when we get to Botas <laughs> okay um, Perez another really solid race for for Perez I think 
Um, I think, you know, Red Bull in their in their brutality will say he should have gotten science at the end, but I feel like he tried his best. Um but it was interesting to see how easily Max got through versus Perez. Um I don't think he could ever just get close enough to science on on that final chicane to make it really, really stick. He had to move on, uh, what was it, like lap, I want to say it was like lap 53 or something, coming down into that, that off of the start-finish straight, he went down the inside but locked up, and they were millimeters. What's smaller than a millimeters? I thought everybody's like, oh, it's contact. Um, and Perez locked up and slid straight through the corner, and then Science is like, okay, here I go again. Um the over under or whatever they call it. Um but uh I was happy that Science stayed ahead. It was good enough points for Ferrari. Um but I think Checo's really doing enough to to do you think Checo's doing enough to keep his seat? Because I uh, I certainly do. Oh, I think he'd be foolish to even consider not having Perez for a long time. I mean, he, as long as he can stay, I think he's, you know, he's not the best qualifying driver, but he sure as heck is a great defensive um, driver, and I think he's really willing to play the team, to, to play the team game and be that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, well, last year was, I mean, that was a paramount feature. Uh I, I would like – I mean, he's not too far off in the points. Um, no, he's not. To to actually mount uh, – well, I guess he's – I mean, he's closer than closer than science is. That's for darn sure, but he's he's a ways away, actually. Well, then it would, it's the reliability factor um, for Red Bull. Is that been fixed? I I mean, you good, good, good recall um, – he did have that's a that's a great point i totally spaced that he had that that power failure where the, where he's like guys I'm, I'm losing power and they're like no you're not and he's like yeah i i am <laughs> and they're like <laughs> they're like oh yeah you are and they told him how to fix it but they at least they seemed to i thought for sure that there was going to be a red bull retirement i thought there was going to be at least one um retirement or break issue or something because of how hot it was. Everybody was saying it was super hot. And all of the drivers getting out of the car looked absolutely gassed. Well, Lewis, I thought it was going to start puking. He looked sick. Uh, Max, too. I mean, you... you Oh, yeah, Max. No, I meant Max. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare that you see those guys look like that. That must have been... It did look like a, a... a physically demanding circuit. Um, and then you throw it down oh, it, just in the sun. Um, and you know, Miami heat, like it's, it's a thing. Well, the humidity bumped a lot. I guess the humidity was lower than usually usual during the early part of the week. But then the day of the race, it like doubled. Oh, geez. And it, so, it showed. They all looked, they looked, they really looked pooped. Yeah. Um, moving on to P5, Mr. Georgie Russell. What an outstanding wow. drive from Russell. I mean, he is, say what say what you will, but he is putting in the results this year. 
Um, I don't I think, think he's finished lower than fifth. I don't think. I think you're correct in what you say, but you know, what was it? Was he P one at the end of free practice three? He was, and and then he qualified. And he qualified P twelve. Yeah. Let's talk about that. There was a lot of rumors, or tr- or you know, they did come with some upgrades, but they were pretty adamant that the upgrades were not, um what was giving them all the pace in free practice. I still really don't think that they have a full grasp of what's causing that, um, causing their pace disadvantage. Um, and there is a lot of, you know, a talk of next race is Spain, which is where we did the first free running and where Mercedes brought their first 2022 car to, the one that didn't have what I call the the side pod delete. And and it looked more like the other cars. And I think there's going to be, this is going to be a real telltelling sign for data where they can, they can see, you know, on paper, it tells them, you know, in the simulators and, and, and wind tunnels and stuff that this, this no side pod, the car that they're currently running is the faster of the two concepts that they've developed but they they didn't run the the that car on the same track and next uh the next grand prix when we go to spain it is that that where they did that testing for the first car and so they'll be able to really see side by side data of how the cars perform in in the real world on the same track you know and and hopefully that's telling but from what i from what i gathered their 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 performance um upgrades weren't what enough to give them that that free practice three um pace because they were comfortably fast in in free practice and then that all kind of seemed to evaporate um and when i was listening to the races breakdown on their podcast um they they seemed it alluded to the heat that there was just a, a significant heat advantage or disadvantage and that somehow seem to trigger the porpoising but i did think just from from looking at the car that it didn't it definitely didn't look it had way way less porpoising than imola than an imola um and was definitely more comfortably that third fastest car arguably against the um alfa romeo but it seemed better but they still they still don't know and lewis was adamant that it's the same car um it's still uncertain. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, by the way, something came to my head about did, did um, Red Bull come in with a lot of weight reduction upgrades yes. this race? Uh, so that may them and that may have explained the pace. I think it's 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 also that they just they had some upgrades as well. We're starting to see more and more upgrades. This was the race. That a lot of teams brought upgrades to you. Start to get crazy, baby. But I mean, there's no doubt that Russell is outperforming Hamilton now, and, and it's weird that no one's talking about it. But he is comfortably um, ahead. Lewis Hamilton, uh, thirty-six points, putting him in P six right now, currently, 
in the Drivers' Championship, and George Russell's in fourth with 59 points. So over 20 more points. Uh, that surprise, yeah, it surprises me. I think we touched on it a little bit too. That I think Hamilton's side of the garage has been a little bit more experimental and like more gung ho about trying new strategies. And Russell's, yeah, that's true. Hey man, I've been I've been sat in Williams for the last three years. This is amazing. <laughs> I'll I'll grind it out. I'll uh, I'll put the car up in fifth. You know. Um, but I think, and I think Russell's making clear calls and is seem seeming more on a mission than Hamilton. Uh, he's, you know, when when they were when when you overheard the radio chatter when it came to pit strategy, Russell seemed to be kind of dictating it. You know, he's like, "Well, we're this far in. There's there's bound to be a VSC or or safety car. Let's just hold out and hope." And then boom, Norris and Gasly. And then in the same instance, they ask Hamilton, they say, what do you want to do? You want to come in? And and he's like, don't ask me. Don't don't tell me. Don't leave it up to me, you know? And it's just like, well, you get pissed if we if we make a call and it's not the one you wanted, but then when we give you the option, you're like, don't, don't, because then that takes my takes away my ability to criticize you later. Um, that, that did surprise me. That comment really, that really... Made me take a second. Yeah, and I was like, I'll okay. It caused me to pause. Yeah. Um, I think it, I, I think they gave it, they left it up to him because the net result would have been similar, but I think it would have given him better tires to fight with George, which I guess maybe he doesn't think he needs to do or didn't want to leave himself vulnerable to having to do, but he did anyways. They still had a great little scrap. Um when they were after the safety car and George came out on top because he was on fresh tires. I mean, that simple. Um, that simple is right. But I just thought it was weird. I mean, it's like, it seems like Mercedes or Hamilton's garage and them are damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. And it's just not the Lewis Hamilton I expected to see. Although yeah. there was yeah, that. Yeah. We, speaking of Hamilton, we have to talk about the, the jewelry gate. <laughs> what a the what? The the FIA banned jewelry. No driver can wear jewelry in the car. And it it seems a lot of people are saying it's it's kind of a blatant target just to go after Hamilton because he's basically one of the only drivers who wears jewelry because of his piercings and whatnot. And he basically said, I, "I'm not taking this out." <laughs> and so it's kind of like who's going to blink first? Hamilton, because like, what are they going to do? Keep penalizing or pushing the the biggest star in the sport out? But uh, I was unaware of that little tidbit. Yeah, it was a it was a thing, and Vettel even came out and said, "This doesn't seem like a rule for everybody. <laughs> this seems like very ta- very targeted." And then I saw after the, after the race in one of the interviews, he was wearing like eight gold necklace or something. It was, <laughs> Super bling. He does like his jewelry, and he boy, does he have enough money to go out and buy some. Um, well, I'm sure. How would you like to just have... I would I would take I would take one-tenth of a percentage of his watch. Just for the watches. Just, 
well, <laughs> yeah, no, I actually of all of the watch company sponsors, I'd rather have IWC. They now they may them they're probably they're not the most expensive, but they're the ones I I I find the most attractive, ones I would actually purchase or wear. Not a big Richard Miller Hugh Blow fan. It's just not right. Not my not my not my style. Uh, okay, P seven, my boy Valtteri Botas, still just showing people you know that he has these moments of brilliance, and then blunders or bad luck. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I have to really be real, and it was it was just an error. I think he was really really wanting to keep those two mercs behind him and just ran ran deep into that that final hairpin and then once you get off that off that rubbered in line and get off in the dirt it was it was over um, yeah it was and i was really bummed about it because i don't know i want him to finish i want him to finish how great is it that he gets gets the boot and then starts doing better or as e- or as equally as good you know I, I would I would love it if he finishes in front of Hamilton in the drivers championship think, this year. I think that we would all like to see that. Just I don't think all of us, but all of us Botas uh, fans would. And he is currently six points behind Hamilton in the in the constructors or in the drivers championship. Um Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in in uh, Alfa Romeo. It just they just didn't seem to have it. Well, I respect more. I think Joe definitely looked significantly slower in qualifying than than Botas, which is to be expected. Again, rookie year, but I mean P fifteen to to P five. That's that's a huge gap. That's that's a too big of a gap, I would say. Um, and then they had mechanical failure that caused retirement. Well, but now wait, Joe didn't Joe get held up? On his fast lap and ran out of time. I didn't qualify. I didn't, I didn't notice that. I didn't see anything about that. Did that happen? Yeah, he got. He came up on a bunch of traffic and. Oh, that's right. Was that this race? And so. What was that? Was that this or was that at Imola? I thought that was at Imola. No, it was. That was uh, in uh, Miami, and. Um, yeah, he was on a. He was tracking pretty fast, I believe. Oh. And then he, there was like five cars there, and they were just kind of lollygagging along, and some were coming across the the course ahead of him. Uh, they probably were trying to get out of his way, but I'm sure that was. I think that was. Immoral. But there were there were there were cars on the outside, on the inside of what I can't remember what turn that was but it was toward the end and he was tearing it up from what I remember. And then he just, it just looked too dangerous. Why break your car all to pieces? Yeah. Because you can't predict what one of five or six guys right in front of you are going to do. It was very bunched up. And I'm not so sure the other drivers were all that aware that he was on a fast lap. Yeah. But and then a uh, retirement definitely doesn't help either. So that was a tough. Uh, what was that lap three that they had something go wrong with the car and forced him out? Yeah, I can't remember those details. Sure it was it was early, early on. Um, 
So yeah, and then uh, Esteban Ocon, quite a weekend for for old Ocon. Started P eighteen. I guess he was, and I guess he was pretty banged up from that crash in in free practice three. Um, it didn't look like it didn't look like a a crazy accident, but it was like fifty G's or something. Um, and he said he was in a, a fairly fair bit of significant discomfort um, in his like knees and and lower back from from that that shunt into the wall, which brings me to a point that a lot of a, a lot of drivers were bringing up that that you know for all of the spectacle of the sport to not have some in some key areas and for it not really being a, a street circuit for there not being some some safety you know tech pro barriers or something in certain high speed areas um seemed a bit unnecessary and a little bit a little bit dangerous um so there's that but made up for it in the grand prix started p18 and finished it finished it finished uh p8 um after the whole um alonzo podium uh you know crash and not alonzo but um the contact and shuffling in the midfield and and then alonzo getting two of those five second penalties um one for for driving via braille and the other for for gaining a lasting advantage by going off track um so the, that was the post-race race that brought Stroll um, and Albon up into the points. Well, Albon, I guess, would have been into the points anyways, uh, or just barely out. Uh, I think it was, he would have been in. But those two penalties. Yeah, post, I think so. You know, um, so and I think Ocon and Albon both putting in absolutely uh, uh, fantastic drives. Albon starting P16, finishing P9, and I'm reminding you again, that's in a Williams. Uh, in a Williams. Uh, everybody who doubts Albon should not. I think he's he's a, a fantastic talent. I would imagine what he would be doing in a Red Bull right now. I mean, or last year. But got the boot. And I think uh, just like Gasly, you know, he's he's trying to turn it around. I'm glad to see him back in an F1 car because I think he's, I think he's a f- fantastic talent. Um, but yeah, uh, that brings us to to old man Alonzo. Um, just I don't know what's happened to the L plan, but I haven't seen it, and I don't think anybody's really talking about it anymore. <laughs> Um, but unless the L plan is to just be a constant, um, pain, I guess, L pain. Rule, rule breaker. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Wise cracking rule breaking. Crazy. One of the best starters in, in the world, in the, in the sport though. Um, fantastic start from him. Pretty challenging race getting knocked around, uh, and knocking around others. Uh, he was he was bumping into Hamilton and he was bumping into Gasly. Um, I thought the I thought his you know when he took it on the chin. He apologized. He took he took blame for for bumping into Gasly. And then, um, but then I guess after that he's like, but he 
that's not an that's not an obvious place to be or you should or something like that was not an <laughs> obvious line if you would have gone the correct line it wouldn't have happened or something like that it's like <laughs> sorry but not sorry <laughs> um, well you know what you skipped the last point the last point painting position with lance stroll i didn't skip it i was about to talk about it but you 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 got it oh it's okay your co-host is fine <laughs> <laughs> what do you, do you have something to say about about uh strolly i thought no i just go ahead we just jumped we went from albon and p9 to alonzo p11 and alonzo was not too far off well i thought i thought this was one of the best looking performances from aston martin in in a fair bit uh stroll got the car into q3 uh, and Vettel just just barely missed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think that was a little bit of uh, um, track specific type things because I don't think it was super duper duper fast. Vettel. I mean, there's no say about it. But... Uh, I, I I think that they're. They're going to continue to str- – they've been struggling because ever since the year of the pink Mercedes back when they were racing point and they basically just bought a Mercedes – a 2019 Mercedes car, that when you do stuff like that, when you try and take the shortcuts and you don't develop your own tech and you, you get a bunch from other teams, you don't understand it all that well. And you saw that in 2020 when they changed the when there was the the floor changes and the you know all all of the high rate cars you know Mercedes struggled but got a handle on it and Aston Martin never did because I don't think they could and you're always building on that tech and even for this year where it's a whole new regs they seem to also have a struggle with porpoising because. They're similar. They have very similar. They share a lot of components with the Mercedes, but yet don't have that full understanding. Um, and so they're going to struggle more. And I, I think they that they don't know, but definitely looked more promising. Um, again, Vettel just missing out of Q3 by four one thousandths of a second. So um, that that getting into Q3. Um, was very very close it was all within thousands of a second there was not even a tenth in it from 14th to 10th um it was all within one thousandth of a second it was that was it was quite close so that that's one thing the the midfield this year is hecka competitive um, and I think Stroll saw that getting back to the race, uh, him and Magnuson. There, I didn't see much of this during the race because you don't often see the coverage. But there was there was quite a quite a little bumper car session going on between Kevin Magnuson. Um, had a move where he felt like Stroll just ran into uh, uh, Stroll just ran into him, and then so when it all comes comes back around 
Stroll is trying to make a, a move on him down on lap 56. And I went and looked at the onboards, and it didn't appear that uh, Kevin Magnuson had full lock on <laughs> going around that, that turn and, and just so happened to steer wide into the the Aston Martin of Lance Stroll. And both radio exchanges each time had had, had expletive bleeps um, and not very nice things to say about each other. Um, but, um, what do you, what do you have? Did you catch any of that? Well, I think that, yeah, I think that Magnuson was going to, was taking away the line that Stroll had established and it was clearly his problem. It was Magnuson's problem. On the, on Bad the first, the first incident? Or the second? Um, I can't remember. Because the first incident, I thought Magnuson was entitled to the corner. He had he was within a half a car leg. He was he was alongside of him. I just think he Stroll wasn't looking, and they just bumped wheels on the side. Well, I'm talking about the. Um, I guess it must be in the second move. Yeah, the second move, Stroll was trying to go around the outside, and mm -hmm. and Magnuson just. I think was frustrated and didn't really feel like steering as hard as he could have, but I think he got away with it. I don't think he, he didn't get a penalty for it, but he did. Well, I guess he didn't get away with it because he had, they had to retire the car. Um, I mean, you can't just be running into people, not with cost caps, not when you're at Haas who doesn't have the budget to begin with. I, I, it didn't look good from, from my angle. No, it was, it was not a good one. Um, Not a good move, and I and I feel like you know what what's kind of happened to Haas. They had such a promising, brilliant start to the season, and now I just feel like they're kind of they're kind of trailing in it. And at a race that you really would have expected them to really show up for, um, yeah, of course. But home town, baby, home race. I mean, and that's not all all the way true. I think Mick had had some real bad luck there at the end with his his with uncle seb um because he was on for his first uh points finish in his career um he because he went from 15th and he was in the points he was set to be in ninth place before yeah him, him and vettel yeah. um i mean it's a great drive you can't take it away it was a great drive except for that one and, you know, I was looking back on the onboards and I don't, I don't, I think I'm on Vettel's side in that one because Vettel said, what gap was he going for? <laughs> I didn't see one there. Um, and I don't, he, and, and Mick, you know, you tell he's clearly worked up on the, on the radio. He said that was clearly my corner. Right. And I, I don't agree. I don't think he ever established. I don't think he ever was half a car length. I think it was really, really close, and I think he thought he was. Um, but from from the onboards, I don't think he was ever fully there. And and by the time, but by the time both of them realized what was going on, um, he they were both fully committed to that to that move and there was there's nothing but contact left to happen 
So quite a shame. Quite a shame that that Mick missed getting his first points finish. Um, and it's even more of a shame that it was his his longtime family friend and mentor Sebastian Vettel that he that he had a collision with. Um, but I don't. I don't. I think it was left as a racing incident, which I think is the fair call. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Um. Sonoda had another kind of meh race um, down in 12th. I think I, – I really think the AlphaTauri is definitely not looking is, – is nowhere near as strong as it was last year, um, which is a shame. I think Pierre Gasly was on quite a, quite a screamer and, and, uh, and really didn't show. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm I'm now realizing that we we never talked about the Gasly Norris incident. Um but that was the incident that brought out the safety car at the end. Um Gasly was seeming to have um some sort of mechanical or issues. He said after the race that it was he thinks it was from the contact with Alonso. Um but he I watched the onboards and he was definitely like radioing in as he was slowing down and going wide in that turn um saying i have a problem with the car i have a problem with the car and then he was coming back across the track and i don't think he saw norris coming through um and they just they just collided and norris went spinning i think that was a pretty lucky spin for norris that he didn't slam into the wall like like ocon did um because that would have been a, a pretty painful place to hit the wall at um but yeah definitely a bummer um i don't remember what happened to norris um that put him that put him there to begin with that he was down there fighting with gasly do you i think i to me it seemed like he just didn't give enough room you know, irrespective of whether he thought Gasly was parked oh, no. or going so slow, they're just like, there was just no room. And, and Gasly, I mean, either Gasly runs into the barrier or he gets run over by, because really, Norris came up and kind of ran over him. So, uh, Gasly was, had, was ahead of him actually wasn't he yeah he was and so it's just like an error of in judgment of well, i think it was also yeah. that 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 turn was blind and i don't think the either of their their um engineers had had done a good enough job warning that or they didn't know that gasly was was moving slowly and having trouble and and norris couldn't have seen it coming into that turn well, Gasly got his got the juice back, I think. Just just right then, though, it was like yeah, it was kind of they, that all happened. I mean, it was a little too late, though. Uh, but it's just a weird thing. It was like, oh, you're there. I'm going to run over you anyway, kind of. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened to Sonoda. I think did he? Let's see. He started. He started ninth and finished twelfth. Um, don't. I think there was a whole lot of comment on 
what was up with that? I didn't see it, uh, and I we didn't get a lot of. Uh, they didn't show a lot during the race, but I, I don't know if it would have been the start because he was on the. He would have been on the clean side of the track. Um, but nonetheless, and where was where was where was Gasly when uh, he got taken out? What was he? I don't know. I don't think it matters. I mean, was he? Were they performing about at the same level and position, I think or was Gasly further ahead? I don't know. I can't. But okay, great, great podcast. We're doing a really great job here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, you know, I think we ought to. Um, but let's I mean, there's move not a whole on. lot let's to say. Talk. Not, yeah, there's just not a whole lot to say about the rest of the field. Well, really, I have something me. to say about Danny Rick. I think as much as I like the guy, when are we going to start to say it's not just the car or it's just like what's happening? At Danny Rick World in Ricardo Land, how how, how many more times is 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 Norris going to you know minus a DNF, but qualifying alone, um, you know, Danny didn't get out of Q get it didn't get into Q three again. No, he didn't. Uh, I don't know what's up. P fourteen and his teammate. Um, qualified. Uh, P... where did it go? Norris. Uh... Oh, that's because I'm looking in the wrong thing. Lando, Lando, where are you, Lando? Lando qualified P eight, and he was at P fourteen. So there's, and I, I was really disappointed and I went, I went for them as my team on this, this week on grid rivals based on how good they did, uh, last week or last race at Imola and I, that backfired. Um, so whatever. I, I just think we got, you got to start seeing something from Norris or that, that, that seat's going to be in jeopardy in two years. You mean Ricardo? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, Ricardo. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I got you. Um, it's uh, yeah. I I just I kind of like what happened. <laughs> I mean, I've just is is he in his head too much? Uh, I mean, he's got a. I mean, he's got the equipment. I mean, he's got the same equipment as Norris. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, and I don't think he, it's not like he has that thing where he's like, "I'm having to relearn how to drive again." I think it's he's he should be very well at grips with that car, and I think this is just maybe the pace Ricardo has right now. Um, Norris, maybe it's just that much better than him, actually. I right, I, and we are. I mean, we're talking about Lewis and um, Ricardo. Alonzo, you know, these guys are approaching the, I think they're, maybe their best days are behind them. They're uh, just I don't the, think Ric- Ricardo's younger than me. I mean, he's, he's 32. He's not, I mean, he's not, you know, yeah, he's not, he's not 22, 23, 
But that competitive edge part. I mean, I'm not just talking about okay, the physical. But he's not. Alonso's 41. Alonso's 41 and doing better than him in the car he was driving in before he changed too. So like, what's the where, where's where's that going? What's that happening? You know, I just I just wanted to put it back on their radar because not to not to well, take maybe, a stab at a guy I like, but it's like maybe well, the new talent is better developed now. It's just yeah. Do you think he has a move after this, or has has this? I mean, it's going to be lateral at best. If he, if he, you're talking about you're talking about Danny Ricardo. Yeah, if he loses his seat at McLaren, or 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 he gets too frustrated at McLaren. I well, mean, if he doesn't start coming on, I mean, will he even last the season? Well, I think he's under contract. I think he has a two year well, deal. Yeah, but I mean. Well, I guess I was just kind of that was hyperbole, but yeah, I mean he he's got to come on at some point, or he won't. And would he even even a lateral move? Would he even get a lateral seat? I think lateral. At, I think seat? at best, I, I mean, he's not going to move up from McLaren. I don't think you know. Well, not unless not unless he just kind of comes on like gangbusters. I have to have something happen. Um, so. Well, okay, a couple more things we have to talk about. Uh, F1 News related, um, officially announced by the Volkswagen Group that they are going to be joining the Formula One grid 2026. Confirmed. There's been rumors for years, and really a lot of rumors recently, um, but it does look like it's going to be a joint venture from both Porsche and and Audi, that is yet to be um, exactly how that's yet to to go. Um, one of the I I know that um, I'm pretty Porsche has a V6 that they developed that they were going to enter. They were trying to come into the sport back in uh, what was that 2016, 17 somewhere, in the, and then they had the whole Dieselgate scandal that caused them to pull the plug on that. But the last thing that I saw was that Audi was going to take that engine and develop the engine and be a full-on team, and Porsche is looking at becoming a a, a controlling partner or buying in or sponsoring a team. Uh, I think the the biggest rumor right now is that it's going to be like Porsche Red Bull or Red Bull Porsche kind of scenario. Um, but it's interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I, I'm, I'm excited to have more teams. I think that's going to be awesome. And I'm a, I'm a big Porsche road car fan. Not that I have one or anything, but I, I've always really liked them. I think they're cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then the, another rumor of teams that are potentially in that, um, world of buying mclaren's been high on the list um we know we know that alfa romero uh sauber is 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 kind of one of the ones that is at risk um i know that i think that the current because the current deal that alfa romero um has is only for two years i want to say or um and again this is all for 2026 so we have some time but 
it is just it, it's exciting and oh the other team is um there are rumors that are starting to form that La that Lawrence might consider selling Aston Martin too cuz I, I think the the business guy of of Lawrence Stroll is starting to to look at his his quagmire that he's in and and I I, I think the current evaluations of of Formula 1 teams might be too too much to 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 turn down cuz we're talking about you know half a billion dollars or or something that, yeah uh, the um but i thought that was i mean pretty crazy to hear that there's rumors that Lawrence might be selling cuz he seems so yeah. what about what about Haas are they i don't know i mean gene's got enough money i mean he's but so does Lawrence. I don't know. But I mean, um, Haas. I mean, maybe it's more that he's just more doesn't want to concede that racing, you know, because he's such a racing guy. The Haas American NASCAR Haas, you know, so successful. Um, but yeah, that's something to well, then the, to, to to keep following. If, well, what I was just gonna say was. Uh, with we now have two U.S. Grand Prix, and now we're we're going to have three next year. Is the is are they going to be in a better financial situation or exposure situation where Haas can maybe? Well, that was the hope. I mean, and especially if they're in points point scoring cars and. And can actually be a competitive midfield team, and hopefully, you know, I mean, because you think of all the sponsorship money that comes with each, you know, point, a world title point. But but I feel like that's kind of faded in the last couple of races. That it, that, it seems to have. And, but I don't know where Haas is at with upgrades. Uh, and you know the you get more uh, wind tunnel time and that sort of a thing. True. As you, if you finish the the worse you finish as a constructor, the more development time in the wind tunnel you get. And then, is there really a financial issue? Uh, is there, uh, you know, the uh, well, they'll get more sponsorship in the states. It'll be more exciting. More people are going to see it. It, and I think more people are going to get on board as far as spectators and fans. And, and could that be a interesting development? Potentially. Uh, Potentially. You know, you, it, or are they on the block? Are they on the hot seat? for? If you know we're talking about... I don't think they were rumored as one of the teams that's potentially for sale. Well, I'm hoping... Well... I think it's with having more three races in the States next year, along with the two this year, I think the exposure is just going to may play very favorable. And then it, with their position as at the, there's clearly going to be probably they're not, they're not going to be much above, I don't know, 10 or 12. They're going to have a lot of development time. In the off season, you talking about Haas still? Haas, yeah. yeah. 
because this, and then we're talking about the VW group at the 2026 thing. And golly, how many scenarios are they going to play out between now and then? Totally. Totally, totally, totally. Oh. The other. That, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say. We got to get moving on. Yeah, the, the last and final news that I wanted to talk talk about was unfortunately the very, very awkward uh, Martin Brundle gridwalk. Uh, <laughs> that just was. I, did you watch it? You watched it, I right? I did. It was so I painful. Did. I felt so bad for Martin Brundle. Like, it, it well, just, he kind of, he kind of predicted, he kind of predicted at the beginning when he was trying oh, to yeah. fire part of the, the Williams sisters. Yeah. Apparently, he'd been disrespected by one or both of them in the past. And he said, he "I don't said, know if I can stand the rejection." And he rejection. Goes, yeah. Like. And I just Serena just kept walking, or Venus. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it's Serena. Like, but and, well, and like he actually had to tap her on the like tap her on the arm, and she's like, "Oh, what? What was the question? Like, well, I didn't realize maybe, you were still here, little man." <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because she only stands about eighteen inches taller than him, I think. Oh my gosh, I've just felt so bad for him. You just. And he did come out on he did you know he it it, it was talked about enough that he responded <laughs> on Twitter and he said there's a reason why I've never watched back any of the grid walks in a quarter of a century of doing them you have no idea how much I dislike doing them but somehow those crazy moments have defined my professional career oh well that's the way it goes and this is true there's some brilliant moments of Martin Brundle doing the grid walk. And, oh. I mean, he's, you know, 25 years. That's, 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 he's a legend. And to be honest, it, this got me thinking and it wanted me to spur on a moment where I just tried to, I know there's no way Martin Brundle's hearing this, but if you do, Martin, I love you, man. I think you're one of the, my favorite, favorite parts of the sport and listening. Um, you and Crofty, man, are, are my, are my dream team. I love I love listening to you guys call a race. I love listening to your insights, and I it spurred on a moment where I'm I think what did we what did we decide earlier, Dad? That a moment with Martin. Oh yeah, where I'm gonna um, I'm gonna try moment, and, moments with Martin Brundle or yeah. moments with where I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna bring to those of you who are patient and wait till the very end of the podcast like you it, have. I'm gonna. Here's your here's your moment with Martin. Uh, my favorite clip from the past weekend um, with Martin, where he's analyzing how bad the brush with the wall in in Q2 that Sonoda had. So here you go. Your your, your moment with Martin. She'll be all right, I reckon. Yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, you just, so that's many more to come. Hopefully, where I'll bring you bring you some tasty tasty sound clips from martin um last point to you dad and then let's close her out yeah we have to remember martin was quite a driver at one point so he understands he understands he, he sees things he knows he knows his craft so well and as a driver experience announcer he he just he just knew that it wasn't a big deal it was going to be okay but it was, uh, you know, I, I think that's his experience bringing it on. And it, 
what might have sounded a little bit, well, you know, who cares? <laughs> but it, it really was just speaking from experience and that he was glad that, that Yuki was okay because he knew he'd be okay because he just he just knew in his knower. He just knew. Yeah, well, baby. Martin's a legend, and uh, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Yeah, thanks. he didn't deserve he didn't deserve that. I mean, it was awkward as hell, but I don't think it was really his fault. That grid was way, you know, it was like two hundred percent the people who are normally there, and like, and yeah. I didn't know who half the guys were, and I I'm not a professional sporting commentator. Like, yeah, it's, I, uh, it's that was just a zoo. Speaking of a zoo, do we do we even want to bring up the? the Bush League move of going through the tunnel to the oh my to the gosh. ceremonial I um, must have I must have tried to to to, to repress it. it because Talk I was so embarrassing like let's have a to have the sirens <laughs> going the whole time in a like, tunnel in a tunnel like um yeah. And I, why? I, also, what if Why this, in the first place? They should have had the race go through those tunnels. That's what they should have done. That's they, they <laughs> you want to talk about an awesome circuit. Have that go through a stadium that can seat 60,000 people. Uh <laughs> shout out to uh, the the Formula 1 bone or Formula Bone uh J Bone. He's got a he's a TikToker and he also has a he's an American doing another um Formula One podcast, but I heard him say that was his idea, and I completely agree. Uh, or I heard that's where I heard it. Um, that we totally, if they're gonna have a race around the stadium, have a race through a stadium. Um, have it go. Figure out a way like to have Mexico. it go in. Yeah, I mean that. Mex. That's one of the coolest parts. That's one of the coolest parts of of Mexico. No um, doubt. And imagine being able to do it through a through a football arena. I mean, it would just be. Amazing. So that's a great point and also a sad point. But uh, I think we should. It is what it is. It is there's what always, it is. And there's I think always next year. There is. Uh, the good thing about a parking, the good thing about doing the race in a parking lot, well, you could reconfigure that baby pretty easy, probably. I, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the American way, right? You know, oh, you didn't like that? I'll fix it real fast. We'll just do a different one. Yeah, right we'll now. fix it. Hold my beat. We got money. We'll just throw more money at it. That's right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, go yep ahead. Yep, do. Uh, drop us a like. Drop us a subscribe. Um, leave us a review if you can. It really does help the podcast. But um, thank you guys all very much for listening. Thank you very much, Dad, for for hanging out and talking Formula One with me. And you, baby. We'll see you uh, after Spain with another race recap and reaction. Have, and a moment with Martin. And and it, hopefully another Martin Martin moment, your moment with Martin. Yeah. Way to go. All right. Later, everybody. Later, Dad. Yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs>